This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This week in PlayStation, we're talking about our PSVR 2 review, our Horizon Call of the Mountain review, and even more PSVR 2 game impressions. We'll have all this and more because this is PS I Love You XOXO. Yo, what's up? I'm Blessing. That's Janet. That's Paris Lily from the X-Cast. And this is PS I Love You XOXO, your weekly PlayStation podcast uh, that you can watch live right here on Patreon.com slash Games or later on podcast services around the globe. Remember, you can use Epic Creator Code KindOfFunny on all Epic Store and Epic in-game purchases like Rocket League and Fortnite to help support the channel. To be a part of the show, head to KindOfFunny.com slash P-S-I-L-Y to write in with your questions, PSM messages, and more. And remember, Patreon.com slash KindOfFunny We'll get you the show ad-free, plus a bevy of bonus content. Thank you to our Patreon producer, Delaney Twining. Today we're brought to you by Shady Rays and Honey, but let's start with topic of the show. Tots, 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 tots. So usually we start with a PSN message, but this is a special episode. Of course, we are reviewing PSVR 2. We're reviewing Horizon Call of the Mountain. We have on a special guest, Paris Lilly, filling in for Greg Miller. And I want to start with Paris. Paris, we're about to talk about PSVR 2. What is your history with PSVR 2? Or PSVR, I should say. And also, how are you doing? Welcome to the show. First of all, thank you for having me. Always a pleasure when I get to come on the show. My history with VR is nothing. This is my first interaction with VR. Maybe at a couple different events. I might have done a few minutes of it, you know, just putting on a headset over the years. But this PlayStation VR 2 is my first true hands-on, let's deep dive into VR and understand everything about it interaction. So, um, again, I want to thank PlayStation for the opportunity to do it because uh, it's been an interesting week for sure. Heck yeah. And also shout out to PlayStation. Of course, this, uh, PSVR 2 and uh, the software we're about to review are provided by PlayStation. Janet, how's it going with you? It's going. You know, we're here. We're finally here. We've been we're talking about here. it for a long time. Uh, PSVR 2. We have it. I put the headset on. We played the games. Uh, and I'm excited to finally, like, dive deep into what that experience was like. You know, we've been speculating on it a bunch. So, uh, yeah, can't wait. Heck, yeah. Uh, I guess, Jana, I guess we'll start with you, right? I want to I talk about your history with VR as well. So, coming into this, what has been your VR experience before PSVR 2? Yeah, um, as I've mentioned before, I had PSVR 1. Um, got it kind of late into its life cycle because, uh, you know, I entered the PS4 late as well. And that was probably my first VR experience ever. Just kind of went in on a whim. I got it used, had a chaotic story of trying to get all the parts and then people don't know what the parts are. And then I got to buy the old controllers because I never had the move controllers. It was a whole thing. Um, but I enjoyed a lot of my experience on PSVR, you know, Astro Rescue Mission. I did a lot of reviews on VR as well. Uh, and then from there, I got the, at the time, Oculus Quest, you know, the Meta Quest. And that's kind of been it so far. So I haven't done a lot of, you know, the more hardcore, heavy hitting hardware stuff. But I've kind of gotten into like more of that. I think what kind of helped make 
VR a little bit more mainstream. So with stuff like the MetaQuest and you know PSVR. So now we're back. PSVR two. Um, yeah, we're here. Heck I yeah. have it. And but, it, before before you even get to it, right? I want I'll set up my my own history with the PSVR uh, or with VR as well, right? Where I started, I came in at PSVR. Uh, I played through a lot of those uh, the bit the bigger titles that came to the platform. So I played through Astrobot Rescue Mission. I played a lot of Beat Saber. A lot of Beat Saber. Beat Saber is at this point one of my favorite rhythm games ever made i think it is a, a fantastic vr title and i'll say the same about astrobot rescue mission as well those are probably my two back-to-back favorites but also games like blood and truth trover saves the universe i enjoyed a lot as well um and quite a few other vr games that came to the platform uh i enjoyed a lot um after psvr i got uh the meta quest and i have the meta quest too as well uh, and i've been i've enjoyed a lot of the, uh, those games too i look toward things like uh walking dead saints and sinner um uh oh what was the there was another funny game that's kind of akin to trover saves the universe that i think is from either the same studio or the sister studio um but like those First person you're walking through, you got all the the jokes. You had like the the improv stuff going on in those games. Uh, those experiences I enjoyed as well. And yeah, VR for me has been a thing where I think toward the first half of the VR lifespan, right? Since it started, I guess over like, quite a few years ago now, right? I feel like VR came out yesterday, but I guess when I look at the calendar, what like PSVR was like 2016 ish, and even before that, you were getting Oculus Quest and stuff. Uh, so yeah, VR has been a- around for a while, but for me, it was 2016-ish to around 2019, 2020, where I was super into VR and PSVR. I was go- I was I would go as far as to say that I loved PSVR, even with all the flaws to it, because PSVR was far from perfect. I think what PSVR had that was really dope was the the library and the affordability of it. And so, like, getting in and having the first-party stuff, having the blood and truths of the world, having all that um, was great. Um, but then also, yeah, like, VR as an experience is so different from the, the games that I've experienced outside of VR, right? Which I can't wait to talk to you, Paris, about. Um, but enough about that. I guess without further ado, Janet Garcia, you are our lead reviewer for PlayStation <laughs> VR 2, the hardware. And Janet Garcia, so far, in the last week, you've had, you've had that time to spend with PSVR 2. What do you think of PSVR? It's tough. Um, I think on one side of things, the headset itself is great. I think it's well made, it's well designed. Uh, but because we're kind of doing our review as the PSVR two experience as a whole, so both the hardware and that software, was it like being here at launch? I would have to put that at okay on our scale, three out of five. Um, I think what keeps it shy of greatness is feeling like we fully arrived into that next iteration of both PSVR and also like the VR market in general. You know, so much has happened in the space over that time that we just talked about that coming to this, it definitely feels like a clear step up from that first iteration. Um, For me, who doesn't have the MetaQuest 2, this does feel like it will be my go-to headset. And yet so much of what I'm dipping into is stuff I've already experienced, stuff I could experience elsewhere. And I think, you know, without getting ahead of it, like the heavy hitters that we were hoping would land um, with things like Call of the Mountain weren't quite at the caliber that I think I was hoping for from it. So I would have to put this at more okay rather than great, just because I think so much, despite having a, a really good time with a lot of elements of the headset, I think so much of what I have to add to this conversation is feeling like there's a little bit lacking there having that joy but feeling like i can't really in good faith tell people yeah run out and get this asap this is where it's at i think this very much is still 
for the hardcore there are cool things there but for me looking down the line i'm still waiting for the other shoe to drop and for this to really feel like it's worth the while and has a uniquely playstation experience i think a little bit of that is still lacking from this initial time with psvr2 paris lily psvr2 is your first virtual reality headset what do you think so far so it's interesting like like i even told you offline i, I was fascinated to hear what you two would, would say about it because this is my first time with vr so i have nothing to compare this to this is my entry point into vr so as janet's saying three out of five i'm thinking four out of five because to her point the the hardware itself is is well built i i think my my initial impression was how light it is i go oh this is really light very comfortable putting it on i've had no issues with that where i ding it slightly would be the actual sense controllers not so much and it this could be a me problem i have big hands i found myself in a game like hall of the mountain not necessarily having to kind of search for the buttons every now and again as i'm playing through it so it wasn't always seamless i got better as i, I went along but that was kind of my early impression of that um and the other thing would be Again, I have nothing to compare this to, so all these games are brand new to me. So I can't ding it for games that have previously been out because I'm playing them all for the first time. But I, I, I do think, when I think about Call of the Mountain, I know we're going to get into this more, but I think, all right, what are, what what are going to be the PlayStation built from the ground up VR games that, are, that we're going to see in year two, year three? What a third-party support is this headset going to get year two, year three, so that... Sure, I had this in initial excitement for it because I'm brand new to it. The immersion, just everything that VR gives you. But am I still going to have that same excitement a year from now? What are going to be the games that are continue to, to grab me, to compel me to want to still play VR? Now, one other point I want to bring up is I had this pre-ordered. I was getting it anyways mm -hmm. because I felt this is a 2.0 product. This is where I want to invest into it. I am probably still, to Janet's point, more of the hardcore, but I would say if someone had their heart set on this, if this is your first experience coming into VR and the 550 price point isn't a barrier to entry for you, I would pick it up. I, I absolutely would have still bought this and I wouldn't, wouldn't have regretted it at all if I picked it up. There is enough there at launch for me that I'm, I'm happy with, with it. I just look far down the road to say, all right, let's make sure we're still getting support for this to keep me interested in VR, which I think we will, but that's kind of my thing. I don't want to see ports. I want to see things that are built from the ground up that truly take advantage of VR. Cause I'm sure we'll get into it. There's one game that I played that all of it clicked. I go, this might be my favorite game now because yeah. this clicked for me in VR and, and I loved it. So that's kind of my opening thought. I'd give it a four out of five. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think for me, I also lean more towards the three out of five uh, aspect, but I am. It is hard, right? I do fluctuate back and forth between the three and the four score. And a lot of that is just the the what this hardware brings as hardware versus what it brings as an experience. I think. As hardware, if you're talking about fidelity, if you're talking about it being a step up from PlayStation VR 1, man, do uh, certain games look fantastic in PSVR 2, right? It really is a step up. You're talking about the OLED display. You're talking about 4K visuals. You're talking about better frame rate. And I think all that stuff shows, especially in a, in 
uh, games that are a bigger budget, games that are a bit more full-fledged, like Horizon Call of the Mountain, you see that stuff really come to fruition in a way where I can genuinely say, I don't think you would have a, you definitely would not have a Horizon Call of the Mountain on PSVR 1. Um, that is the thing that stands out to me. That uh, the games look clean. The um, the sense controllers <laughs> work way better than what we had with PSVR one as well. Again, if you remember, PSVR one had those move controllers. It was either you're using that or you're using the Dual Shock four, and the move controllers sucked. Like they were bad. Like they were. They, they, it felt like a hey, how do we make this thing work? As opposed to how do we make a thing that feels like it's part of the future, right? And you're with PSVR one, you were literally using something that was part of PlayStation's past. Um, but I do like the 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 uh, sense controllers, especially compared to the move controllers and even just as a standalone uh, ps uh, or a standalone vr controller because again i've used quite a bit of the meta quest and i like the meta quest controllers as well and the, the vr2 sense controllers are way more aligned with that but you also have some of the features that you see uh in, in the dual sense as well so you have the adaptive triggers you have the haptic feedback and then you also have things like touch t- detection which adds a bit more compared to what we had um with vr1 what uh, can ding it a little bit for me in terms of uh, hardware, I will say that even though they've added in inside-out tracking, which is way better than what we had before, um, it's not always perfect. While playing certain games, I was surprised to see that some of the tracking felt lost at times. Uh, and I think part of that comes down to uh, how well lit your space is. And so I got to play PSVR 2 both in the Confunny audi- uh, office, right out in the our kind of living room area out there that is very well lit and very spacious and i also got to play quite a bit of it at home which i would say probably makes up like an average home area in terms of lighting right like i had my windows open i had my uh my lights on or whatever but it's not as bright as the kind of funny uh, uh, office and when i was playing at home during some segments of horizon call of the mountain which is a game that relies a lot on tracking because that is the game that is you're fully climbing in right like that that game is a climbing a experience climbing. Uh, man was were my hands floating away at times or man would i look up and for some reason i'm five feet away from the cliff that i was just climbing for whatever reason right just because tracking got lost because my lighting wasn't as bright as the kind of funny office which you know when i was here the tracking worked way better um so that's one thing i noticed i also noticed that um for a lot of the games that require you to have um they, they have certain requirements in terms of space and so there's a lot of games where you have to have six by seven feet of space and let me tell you at my and this might be a very specific use case right because i am in in san francisco in my san francisco apartment i could not find any area where i could create six by seven feet of space and so i would have to come into the kind of funny office to play those games which you know, speaks to me in my situation, but I also know it's going to speak to a handful of people uh, that are at home that might be in a similar scenario where they can't find six to seven feet of space to play quite a few of these games. And that is going to be game per game. Horizon Call of the Mountain, I was able to play at home because that game has a seated setting and it doesn't have as big of a requirement. But uh, for other games, like What the Bat, for example... I yeah. cannot play at home. And that was the game. That was one of the games I was most excited about. I really wanted to play What the Bat when I got home and I booted it up and I was like, ah, shit. All right, I literally just can't make space for this thing. Yeah. I do not have the space in my apartment. And so to clarify, like for the six, so it's six feet, seven inches by six feet, seven inches of space. That's for the room scaling games. A few games do require room scaling, like What the Bat. Um, you can stand, though, with less than the six, seven inches, basically seven feet almost, you know, six feet, seven inches. Is it, I, I thought it was like six feet by seven feet. Is it six by six, six feet, it's, seven inches? I believe it's six feet, seven inches by six feet, seven inches. Gotcha. Um, but that still is a lot of space um, from what I've played, which, you know, we'll get into like what we all played a little bit later. But um, what the bat was the only game that required that. But yes, it is a lot of space. Um, I have 
a really big apartment in LA. Um, my living room's huge. We barely have anything in it. It's literally just like a like a TV, like a small one-up arcade, and like a sofa. Like there's not anything in there. I have to push my dining table back against the wall, push the sofa all the way back against the wall, split the sectional sofa so that one of the sections was on the other side of the wall. And that gave me the space that I needed for What the Bat. Um, now, I will say when I played What the Bat, I was like, I'll give what the bat my left lung like i don't care you know that game was that game hit so i feel like it was mm. kind of worth it but it was i did have to think to myself like when i get my next apartment will i even be able to do this kind of thing and i think that is a, a very real concern for the games that do require room scaling yeah um a couple things i'll throw out there as well talking about the experience of it right both the fidelity in the headset and the technology in there itself, but also what it feels like to actually use it. Uh, it is slightly less bulkier than the PSVR one, which you gotta love, but I still felt like overall it was still a little bit more bulky than uh, it could be, right? And this is me coming off of, again, using a lot of meta quests and that thing feeling super light and feeling super free, especially because it doesn't have cables. And the PSVR 2, has that cable and let me tell you that cable is thick and that cable did get in the way a few times when i was playing a bit more of the active game something namely something like horizon or something that requires you to have a bit more range of motion um <laughs> that was something that uh i noticed as well but you know overall for me i think the reason why i come down on on the three as opposed to the four is the user experience still isn't all the way up to a place where i feel when i'm at home casually when i look to the future um, uh, and you know more games start to fl uh, to come into PSVR two. When I look toward that future, it's so tough for me to think. All right, yeah, let's bust out the PSVR two and plug in the cable and bust out the the the, the uh, sense controllers. Also, the sense controller battery life doesn't seem that great. I don't know what your guys' experience has not, been with it. No, it's not good. Yeah, I, I I was surprised when I saw I was playing a game for about an hour and let's say an hour and twenty minutes, and it was fully they they were both fully charged. I look at the thing; it was down to one bar. I don't know how long that one bar lasts is the thing. I don't know if it's one of those things where on the UI it says one bar, but really it's just like halfway down. I hope so because, man, two hours of, ba of battery life is not it. That is not it. Um, but, yeah, things like that bring it down for me. And then things like library where I look around and I looked at uh, – I have we all have lists of games that we've played on this thing that we'll talk about in a second. But – when I look at my list of games that I played for, on PSVR 2 the last week, the ones that jumped out at me the most, the ones that felt most worthwhile, those were all games that I either played before on other VR platforms or PSVR 1, or games um, that are like remasters, ports. You know, like the, 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 the new games that are on the platform for me weren't hitting as much as I needed them to for a brand new PlayStation VR 2 headset that is $550. Uh, and so that's where I come down on the, the, the three versus the four score. Um, but from there, I guess, you know, I, we got a lot of questions. A lot of people wrote in the conifying.com slash P-S-I-L-Y. I want to bring some of them into the show. Just like, let's see, Maverick Lee Beck, who wrote in and says, PSVR 2, the original PSVR, felt limited due to the recycled PS Move controllers. With the new deliberately designed controllers, how long did it take for you to get in the zone? I hope you're enjoying it beyond your ex expectations. Paris, for you as somebody who's new to VR, how long, if ever, did you did it take for you to get used to the uh, sense controllers? It, it took me, I'd say, at least a good hour. Uh, the first game I played was was Star Wars: uh, Tales from Galaxy's Edge, and I, I'm I'm in one of those opening things where I think you're down in the hangar and you're looking for you're going through one of the crates or something, right? And it took me a minute to kind of adjust and understand how I was using those for grips. And again, I was talking before about the buttons and everything. So 
that was kind of a little bit of trial by error for me. But again, I'm, I'm brand new to it. So I didn't have anything else to go by. So I just like, OK, there's a little bit of learning curve to this. But once I got it, it was fine. You know, like I said, even before when I got into Horizon, it was more of just button placement, because when you look down, you're not seeing the controller. You're obviously seeing your virtual hands in there. But there'd be little indicators like, oh, I need to press like the not the share button, but like the select button. Right. Yeah. And I'm, I'm kind of fumbling trying to find that in certain instances. But as you know, the hours went by, as I, I tend to use it more, um, it, it felt fine. I, I, I do think I have big hands. I do think they're built for people with smaller hands, for sure, because I just felt like I, I kind of had a lot of overlap with, with the button placement on certain things. But I got used to it. Janet, how do you enjoy the Sense controllers? Yeah, I thought they were really comfortable. I did was really interested to hear. Uh, again, I think I have the smallest hands of anyone on staff. So I'm like, all right, this is small hands Jay here to give this review. <laughs> I was really comfortable with them. Um, I do. My only other experience outside of, of course, the move controllers is uh, the controllers on the MetaQuest one. Uh, they obviously are borrowing very much from that design ethos of like joystick placement, button placement, that kind of layout. Um, I will say the thing that kind of strikes me in a somewhat negative way is the fact that the vr2 controllers like the sense controllers have what's kind of like a giant wristlet in its design and i do think people that have bigger hands might run up to some issues uh having talked to other people about it i feel like it's not <laughs> the <will>. biggest <laughs> most common issue but i like isaiah seeing them he's like oh yeah like these feel like they are a little cumbersome in that while if you think of the design of something like you know the MetaQuest, they have a similar ring shape but it's kind of above you so it doesn't really impede on your hand itself so i do wonder like at scale will that be an issue for people but in terms of form factor it's pretty simple to like latch oh, wow. on to wow. fairly intuitive if if, if you're an audio listener mm -hmm. tune into the video and look at paris holding the sense controller because i god damn bro yes <laughs> i didn't realize well, your, hands so big. If your hand is big and that's what i'm saying because i have big hands so there's a little like my fingers just overlap this thing it engrosses it but you, I, like I said, I got used to it after a while, but it, it took an adjustment. But yeah, well, I, for me, I enjoyed the the sense controllers. To Jana's point about the big wristlet uh, that they have, right, going going on uh, on the wrist area. What I found uh, troublesome, and this isn't the biggest issue in the world, but is one that kept getting like it kept getting the mi the minor uh, anno annoyance out of me was, um, you know, when you're in VR, oftentimes you look down and it is the in-game hands right or it's whatever but you don't, you're not able to see the the actual vr controllers and so i would have the headset on i would go to grab the the sense controllers and it would take me legitimately like 15 to 20 seconds to figure out how exactly i hold these things because it's just not yeah. natural right where there's like so many curves and for something like the the uh, meta quest controllers or even like any regular controller it's pretty easy to grab a controller and be like all right yeah this feels right analog stick here all right ready to go with that wristlet thing I find it so difficult to like get my right the, the I was gonna say the right footing, which I guess yeah the right handling, of, the right hand footing, <laughs> the right hand footing of of what that how the uh, controller should fit in my hand. I will say that's where the pass through comes through super clutch. Um, oh, the ability of, clutch. to just you know and again this isn't stuff new to the VR space, but just kind of talking about what the headset offers. Um, on the headset itself, you run your hand like along the front. It's like the first button to your right, and you just click it once, and you can immediately see the real world in front of you. And that's what I would use 
all the time when I was playing for like, if I put the controllers down and want to put them on, like while I was playing, you know, if I want to like see someone in the room or talk to them or just take care of little things here and there, double check where I am in the space because while you don't really like, you're not supposed to move around in VR, I think we all naturally turn a bit. So after playing for a bit, I'll toggle it, kind of readjust myself in relation to the TV. Obviously they have the borders like any other VR experience has, but I don't always like to have to, you know, be one inch from my TV before I realize, oh my God, I have to reposition myself. So I did find that to be a really great addition and like a necessary addition to that experience in part to compensate for the fact that the controllers are a little bit difficult to slip on and off. Yeah, speaking of that, I found myself often, I would start in front of my TV and I would end up in the corner in the the back of the office. And and we were talking about before about space. I don't have enough space in this office either. So, but it didn't become too much of an issue other than, yeah, I'm a roamer clearly when, yeah. when I do VR because I'm in the corner, I'm back at the door, all, all over the place. So I'll probably have to transition this out into my living room if I want to continue playing because just simply not enough room here in my office. But like I said, for the games that I played, it wasn't too much of an issue. So speaking of that, Kevin Chow writes in the kindoffunny.com slash PSILOI and says this. Does the cord on PSVR 2 feel durable? And what is the minimum space recommend, uh, recommended? Uh, and so, Janet, you were mentioning the six points, uh, six feet, seven inches by six feet, seven inches for room, room scale. Uh, but then here, was the, are these your measurements? I see some measurements yeah, in the yeah. doc. Yeah, I just draw that, I just draw that in there because I'm like, who has that memorized? Um, this is like playstation official the sitting standing minimum is three feet four inches by three feet four inches i will say anecdotally which you know that's kind of what i want to hear from y'all and like how that spacing worked out um it kind of tells you as you're laying it out like hey this is enough space for if you're doing the room scaling but again only a few games require you to do the room scaling Mm -hmm. you really don't need it for the other ones so in my naturally laid out living room like not having to move the furniture at all i was able to play you know call of the mountain a bunch of other games standing up standing up is my default for these games other than games that I feel like you as the player are inherently sitting, you know, games like Moss, games like um, the kayak VR game, because you'd be sitting in the kayak if it was, you know, real life. So like those I play sitting. And while that also is recommended to have that three feet, I didn't necessarily fully have like that big of a bubble, nor do you need that because you're not really moving. But, you know, I tried to have the space that I kind of needed to do it. And, you know, that's where the pass through and the the borders and stuff will let you know, like, okay, my cat's like a foot away from me. (laughs) Try not to hit the cat, you know, that kind of thing. So I did feel like outside of the room scaling, the requirements felt very akin to what I experienced um, on Meta's platform. Uh, What about you? Obviously, Paris, you know, first time in, but bless. Did you feel like other than those room scale games, you kind of needed around the same amount of room as, as anything else. Was it what you expected? No, like again, games like Horizon Call of the Mountain that do allow you to sit and don't require the room scale space were totally fine for me. The only thing that is would be the the bound. You get used to like hitting the boundaries, right, where you reach too sure. far outside of the space, and then the game will warn you with the outline of where you're at, and uh, it will tell you, "Hey, you're reaching too far." I was hitting that quite a bit, but again, that's more on me and the space that I'm in versus um, what's going on in the actual game itself. You want you want the headset to tell you if you're about to like punch your mirror in your room or something um and so yeah i i was fine with that um on the topic of the cord i will say the cord does uh, feel durable um it is again yeah. it is a, a thick cord yeah. my one beef with it is that it seems like it, it doesn't disconnect from the headset and so yeah. i get i have the biggest fear and this is probably why they made it super durable if that thing tears you're done <laughs> you're done though yeah. with that thing yeah i was thinking about that and i am a little nervous about it i 
didn't have anything personally on and like my my headset for psvr1 was a used headset to begin with i never had anything like break or bust on me but it is a little bit scary in that sense and it does make kind of storing it you know if we're talking about ease of use a little bit awkward because it's like i don't know do i like wrap it around like a freaking n64 controller like i'm not exactly sure how this is gonna lay in my setup in a nicer way as somebody who's been taking vr2 back and forth from home to the office i uh, greg uh did me a favor and handed me um like a a zip tie to like tie up the 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 cable when i'm going back and forth and at a certain point i just got tired and i was like fuck it i'm just wrapping this thing around the headset (laughs) but the, the the cable does if you are somebody who's transporting it or storing it somewhere and you're um, uh, rolling up the cable that w- once you unroll it, it will coil up and keep that same, it'll keep that same energy. Uh, and so if you're fine with that, you're fine with that. But just a warning that, that, that will probably will happen if you're rolling up that cable. I want to bring another question from Pims who writes in and says for the PSVR two in general, are you able to open your hand entirely without losing the controller? Or do you always need to keep your bottom fingers clenched? A lot of controllers that offer hand tracking will be strapped to the palm of the hand. But from all I've seen from PSVR 2 controllers, that isn't the case. Does this feel like a notable limitation in your time with the device? Do you guys have any thoughts on opening your hand without losing the controller? I didn't really try it. I don't think. Paris, yeah, did you, did you I, yeah, do anything to have that in there? Yeah, I don't, I don't think I really tried it either. It wasn't anything that stood out to me where I, I felt it was an issue of anything. I Again, like being in a game like Call of the Mountain, you know, I would mess around opening like my hand in the game just to see what it would look like as I'm doing various gripping things. And it seemed fine. Nothing stood out as, as being an issue to me. Yeah, I, I didn't, will say I didn't. I didn't really, really quick. I didn't feel like it really tracked my hand super well. Like in Call of the Mountain, for instance, and maybe I just wasn't holding the controller properly to take full advantage of the hand tracking aspects, but things like, oh, doing like a little peace sign or like moving my hands in different ways. Like I felt like it kind of just picked a gesture. Like this is what you're doing, right? I'm like, mm, not really, but like, it doesn't matter for the gameplay. So I haven't really been that impressed by that aspect yet, but I also haven't played a game that's centered around that as a more core mechanic. I feel like Horizon's more like a fun fact than like a yeah. core mechanic. Yeah, with Horizon, when you right, look down right. at your hands, if you like have a finger on the R1 button, which is on the side of the sense controller, you'll see the finger come down. Or if you have your uh, thumb on the on any of the buttons, then you'll see that thumb like tuck in. But it, it's never a mechanic, right? Like there, th- you can grab things in that game, but that is just pressing one of the triggers, right? It's not you actually right. doing mm-hmm. the hand motions. Uh, and yeah, I never had, never found a problem with the the idea of opening your hand all the way. One, the, the controllers are strapped to your uh, your wrists, uh, and then also this isn't a headset slash VR setup that has pure hand tracking like the MetaQuest does, where you can you don't even need the controllers and you can just do stuff with your hand. This isn't that kind of experience, and it's not trying to be that kind of experience. So I, I didn't find it to be that much of a problem. Uh, I want to bring in a question from Colin, who writes in and says, "In your opinion, what is the biggest draw to PSVR two? Why uh, why this headset versus a MetaQuest?" Bonus question, what is your favorite improvement since the first iteration of PSVR? I want to start with that second qu- question for Janet. Uh, what's your favorite improvement since the first iteration of PSVR? I, I think just like the ease of use and like the modernization of the headset holistic. I guess I'll go ease of use because that's like the, to be more specific. I guess if I had to pick a favorite ease of use aspect, it'd be that it only has a singular cable. And I know we've gone back and forth on the show about how much we wish it didn't have a cable. And honestly, now that I've spent more time with it, I'm a little less like, I don't think that's going to be the the number one takeaway of that's the one thing holding it back. Like mm-hmm. we'll talk more about how much the cable may or may not interfere in gameplay. Personally, I find it to be fairly minimal, way less than PSVR one. So I would say it having that single cable is my favorite aspect just because it's simple. I plug it into the front 
it's ready to go. It works the way I expect it to work. And as someone that's ventured outside of PlayStation in the VR space, it works the way I'm used to VR stuff working. While PSVR 1 was very much doing its own thing, setting out in its own way, but kind of like mashing up a lot of different ideas. I think now that the space has become a little bit more standardized, while some people may point to that and be kind of bummed that there's a little bit of lack of differentiation across the different platforms, there's something nice to standardization because it creates a comfort that if everyone's doing their own thing, it becomes a little bit whiplashy. So that's the number one thing that I like about this compared to VR1. To get to the first half of Colin's question here, talking about what the biggest draw is for PSVR 2, Paris, again, this is your first VR platform. For you, what was the draw here for you to, to come into PSVR 2 as opposed to MetaQuest or Vive or any other VR platform? I mean, my thing was the fact that it was PlayStation and it was their second attempt at it. And the fact that we know PlayStation is going to commit at least from a first party standpoint to be delivering games to this, which should also attract more third parties to want to bring games to this platform as well. So that was kind of my thing. That's why I was more than willing to take the leap of faith and, and pre-order it and, and jump into it. But now that I've actually had it in my hands and I've been experiencing it, probably the biggest thing for me is just the visual fidelity of it. Again, I have nothing to compare it to, but to have that OLED at 4K, 120 hertz. I mean, again, we talk about Call of the Mountain. It, it is probably one of the more visually impressive games that I've ever seen. Obviously, the most impressive that I've seen in the VR space. It's like I was just like a lot of wow moments going through that. So that would probably be be my initial thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think for me, I the fidelity is a big um, a big thing for me here, a big feature, especially coming off of PSVR one, and even somebody, even as somebody who uses MetaQuest, I do like the idea that you know I can get the Horizon Call of the Mountains, maybe I can get the Half Life Alexes, and maybe the, a game like that, if that ever comes to PSVR two, could be able to take advantage of the Sense controller and getting that adaptive triggers, getting the haptic feedback, getting all the things that I do like about the 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 um, Sense features that PlayStation adds there. I think that that is a big draw, but. I mean, to your question, Colin, right, talking about, you know, why this headset versus a MetaQuest, for me, that's a difficult question to answer because if somebody came to me right now and was like, which one should I get if I can only get one, I think I still would go with the MetaQuest. And part of that, a big part of that, honestly, is price. You know, price point is a mm -hmm. big thing when it comes to to hardware. But then also a big part of that is library. You know, MetaQuest already has a, a, a fairly good library on there. You already got the games like Beat Saber. I know Beat Saber is coming later, but, you know, you got that. You got a bunch of games that have already come to VR. And then you also have a you ha you have games that are designed specifically for a wide audience. Right. I think the, the tough place where VR, PSVR is at is the fact that, you know, there aren't as many exclusive games coming to PSVR 2. Of course, we got uh, Horizon, and we'll talk about Horizon. Um, Gran Turismo is there as well. I don't think any of us have gotten to try uh, Gran Turismo yet, and I'm very excited no. to, to try Gran Turismo. But for the most part, all the games that, or most of the games that we've gotten to experience so far, and I think most of the games that are going to come to the platform, are games that are also available on the MetaQuest, and I'm getting, I'm getting it there at probably a similar level of, um, of uh, you know, art style and fidelity and all that stuff, because... I don't think a lot of devs are doubling down to making the PSVR 2 version the biggest and prettiest version. It's like, right. no, they're just worrying about getting these <laughs> these games out. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, you have that. You have the lack of the cable. You have all that stuff that goes into the MetaQuest. And I probably would tell somebody to 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 go there until the library is there with, with PSVR 2. Of course, we can't predict the future. We can predict in terms of what we think is going to happen. But who knows? Maybe you get some bangers down the line. Maybe Gran Turismo and Horizon Call of the Mountain might be enough for you to want to come in. Maybe down the line you get 
a Spider-Man or a God of War VR game or more, more PlayStation first party stuff. Astrobot. Yes. Oh, man. Even if you just ported the old one, I think that'd be like kind of enough. 1,000%. But like genuinely, yeah, like it's it's interesting too because it's VR is such still a niche. And I think the style of game is often fairly different than what you experience in like the mainstream console PC gaming space that there's different things that will draw different people to different places. So, well, like for me, it's such a weird spot because like I don't have the alternate universe where like I'm you bless and I already have like the meta quest too. Since I don't have that yet, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go all in on this headset because like I'm not going to drop another like 400 because they both will have the same overlap to some degree. To your point, yes, the library is way bigger inherently on meta quest too because it's already established. It's already going. They're kind of this is what they do versus like PlayStation. This is their like second entry point into the VR space. Um, but I am excited about the prospect of having like for me, that appeal is like to Paris's point. It's being on PlayStation. It's the community and it's the potential yeah, of it's having the, the those... trophies. Yes. Yeah, tro- yeah. I mean, it, the trophies hit, you know, yeah. like, what can I say? But I will say um, on a more like specific level, um, I actually am really enjoying the integration of the haptic feedback. I don't know how I feel about the headset vibrating. Like it does kind of work, but at what cost? Like, uh, I don't know if I like that aspect, but I do feel like I enjoy the haptic feedback in the sense controllers a little bit more than like I have in, you know, previous VR experiences. So I don't know if that's, an, you know, quite enough to warrant the extra money that it does cost to enter into the VR space through PlayStation. But that is something that I'm enjoying versus other platforms that I've played on. Shifting gears, I want to t- bring in a question from Matt Grover, who writes in economyfunny.com slash P-S-I-L-Y, and says, for those, who have pro- uh, th- for those who have problems with motion sickness while playing VR, does PSVR 2 do anything to alleviate that, or is it the same old song and dance? What, what if anything, do you think would help that? Have you guys had any experience with motion sickness um, yeah, during PSVR 2? Yeah, especially you, Paris, because it's your first time, so like, what, yeah. what has this been like? Yeah, none. Zero. Um, I, I, I did let, let my son play as well. He initially was mentioning, he was like, oh, I made him feel kind of sick. But then he came back the next day and he said he was fine with it. But <laughs> I, I've had no issues at all. It's been pretty. Actually, I take that back. When, when I was in Star Wars Galaxy mm-hmm. the first time and I was doing like the quick turns, mm-hmm. like, I felt kind of disoriented for like half a second. But then it kind of passed and I was okay. That, that was probably the only only time when I played. Yeah, for me, I had to settle in a little bit to um, Horizon specifically. Uh, Horizon was the first game I booted up and I wanted to try and do, they have a bunch of different control schemes you can do for Horizon, which is which is dope as hell. Um, I try to use the stick to move and I try to rotate my camera uh, with smooth movement. And you should not do that from the get go, uh, especially if it's your first time in VR. Do not do that. Right. Do whatever the comfort settings are. But, you know, I've done VR before. And so I wasn't I wasn't thinking that that would be a big, big problem for me. But it has been a little while since I've done VR. And so starting off Horizon like that was a mistake. Immediately, I was like, no, I do not need to do this. Let me do a bit more. Let me swing a little bit more to the comfort side. And with that, for Horizon, um, one of the um, options is to do movement via swinging your arms like you're running. And I <laughs> like that helped. It fixed any motion sickness that I had, but also it made me look like a buffoon. I was playing I was playing Horizon in the kind of funny office and as I was moving around, I could feel people looking at me. <laughs> I, I I could tell that I looked oh, like a doofus. You feel me uh, recording you? Yeah, uh, wait. wait you, that's why you hit that show. toggle and God you see everyone like staring at you. I knew I was going to get recorded. Show. But yeah, like you have features like that 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 help out a lot. The one the one thing I will say, the one game that did that did fuck me up a little bit. Kayak 
kayak VR. I've been talking a little bit about kayak really? VR as huh. we as we. I got you, a lot who would have thought kayak VR? Who would have thought a game where you're going at high speeds on a boat? <laughs> who would have thought that, that would have gotten me a little bit sick? But yeah, I played kayak VR for like 30 minutes, and at, at by the end of that, I was like, ooh. Maybe I should put this down for a second. And I put it down, got up, and I went to lunch afterwards. And as I was driving to lunch, I was like, oh, no, I'm feeling it still. Like, this does oh, not yeah. feel good. Um, and to shoot them some bail, I think they have done updates since then. I don't know if they're, they've addressed motion sickness stuff, but they have added updates. So maybe that is fixed by the time uh, it gets to you. But, yeah, that was one that was a little bit of a struggle during the, the review process. But other than that, I think I, I don't know how this works. So this might be me spouting nonsense. I assume the eye tracking must help with that. I want to say um, we might have read something online about eye tracking, maybe helping with motion sickness. But I couldn't say for sure. That's just me theorizing. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much been me with motion sickness. Janet, I don't know if you had it. Oh, oh my God. There has footage of me playing Horizon. <laughs> you look like there's a lot to unpack in this image that we're seeing here. Um, it is so funny that you're like in this little office chair doing VR. I do. I do find it weird that you played Call of the Mountain sitting down. Like that trips me out. Um, really? It's very much I, a so, game that, yeah, like, it just fe- makes it feels more comfortable to stand because like your character is standing. I found myself. I felt like I was going to fall over a lot when I was standing up. That's why I had to switch to sitting yeah, down. Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing, because <laughs> like I was like I was hitting a bus, and you know I got this fairly late into you know the review cycle, so like I didn't start until like I got my headset on like freaking Saturday. So I, I hit it went hard Saturday. I went hard Monday. I took off Sunday for the Super Bowl and Tuesday for Valentine's Day, and now it's Wednesday. <laughs> you know, welcome to the half week of my life. This was a the whole experience was definitely physically strenuous because I played a lot of hours in not that much amount of time. So. There was a lot going on. This is the first time I probably felt motion sickness in VR, but it's also like approaching the most I've played in a small period of time. There are definitely, you know, warrants small bursts instead of like longer sessions. Um, I think for me, it's so funny because for so long, I'm like, I'm so tired of teleportation in VR games. I feel like it's so unimmersive. I want to just walk. And then Horizon Call of the Mountain said, go for it. And I was like, man. I don't feel so good. Yep. You know, I was hitting that Tony Stark. I don't feel so good. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it had, I would say the things that alleviate it, there's, again, different settings like Horizon, for instance, I am playing on kind of like the middle ground setting. Um, and it has things like having this kind of um, like that vignette filter thing on the side that kind of blur- darkens the edges to kind of ground you a bit. Um, I did find the need to kind of like have my feet a little bit staggered and to, you know, just kind of be a little aware that specifically the combat was totally fine and totally comfortable. I think they nailed how to do that combat in VR. I think generally like walking from point A to point B though was a bit a lot. Um, in that game specifically, uh, Star Wars also, I had some struggles with as well to Paris's point. One thing I really liked about that is speaking to, you know, alleviating it, I think it's just more setting options because one thing I liked is in Star Wars, you can use the joystick to traditionally walk, but you can also very easily like switch between that and flicking it to do the teleportation. So I would kind of go on and off based on what I wanted to do to kind of like spread out the mm. immersion a little bit to make it a little bit more comfortable because really just moving without you physically moving without like moving in real life is the thing that makes you motion sick. And that's why teleportation is there. So I, I really love that setup that star Wars had of being able to seamlessly transition between walking with a joystick and flicking for teleportation at will. Like I really enjoyed that aspect from a comfort standpoint, but yeah, I mean, I think if you're, if you're someone who's like, I literally cannot play VR because I get so sick, then th- th- this probably won't change anything for you. And I would just recommend, you know, sitting down if anything, because usually the stationary games are pretty chill for, even people who are prone to motion sickness. 
So we've been talking a lot about hardware. I feel like we've been holding back on software, and I think we might as well mm-hmm. just jump straight into software. But before we get there, I want to let, let people out there know about patreon.com slash games. We can go. You can get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. Shout out to Shady Rays for sponsoring this episode. Look how cool I look. You, too, can look this cool. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and so much more. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. They'll also provide 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order and have donated over 20 million meals to date. That's fantastic. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back exclusively for y'all listeners and watchers right now. Shady Rays has given out their best deal of the new year. You can go to ShadyRays.com and use code KINDAFUNNY for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself. These are five star rated by over 200,000 people. Again, that's shadyrays.com use the code kinda funny shout out to honey for sponsoring this episode honey is the easy way to save when shopping on your iphone or computer and thanks to honey manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past and we all know there's nothing better than the feeling of saving money honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart when you check out the honey button appears and all you have to do is click apply coupons you wait a few seconds you see the fun little dancing guy honey searches for coupons and it finds you the best ones and then you just watch the prices drop we here at kind of funny have been using honey for years and it's helped us save thousands on tech costumes food you name it honestly i just love how easy it is to just set and forget and save that's the best part honey doesn't just work on desktops it works on your phone too you just activate it on safari on your phone you save on the go if you don't already have honey you could be straight up missing out you can get paypal honey for free at joinhoney.com slash kind of funny that's joinhoney.com slash kind of funny when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we're back, and it's time to talk, to talk about Horizon Call of the Mountain. Paris, I want to start off with you. What are your thoughts sure. on Horizon Call of the Mountain? I, and I, I, I had a text exchange with, with Greg about this over the weekend. I like it, but I don't love it. Um, I think from a visual standpoint, it's, as I said before, the most visually impressive VR game that, that I've played so far. Um, I found myself fighting the controls a little bit. To, to your point about movement, I did do the comfort setting. I didn't start that way, but I quickly <laughs> transitioned yep. to that because I'm like, mm, no, this, this isn't going to be for me. But I went to the, the comfort setting on that. And my actual thing is it's funny. Janet brought up about how they nailed combat. I'm not saying that they didn't. This clearly could be a me problem. I kind of own the struggle bus a little bit with the combat. Um, it just didn't 
100% click with me. I've gotten better as I've gone along. Again, I think that's a lot of it with me. This is kind of my first time coming into VR, so getting oriented with the way things work in VR might be part of the issue with me, but the combat hasn't been my favorite thing to do in there. There is a lot of climbing in, in this to do. Obviously, I, I understand that Gorilla and wants to show off how VR2 works and how the Sense Controller, all, all the different things that you can do. So in that way, this is a showcase game. So I'm not, I'm not like, oh my God, this is the greatest Horizon game ever. And I'm a huge Horizon fan. And I think the other part of this is because I like Forbidden West so much, and this clearly is still in that world, I just kind of want to pick up the dual sense and just play that way. But that's just me. And, and again, I get this is supposed to be a VR game and you're supposed to do more quote unquote VR things in it. But because it's a horizon game, my brain just wants to play it like horizon. But as I have said before, I'm, I'm, I'm getting better. I would say I'm probably about halfway in it so far. Cause I've been, you know, going back and forth between all these different games, but I would say with all this, cause I sound like I'm complaining, I would I would say though if you're picking up a VR2 absolutely pick this up as a companion piece for sure because this is from a visual standpoint it's it's stunning you're going to have a lot of wow moments in it and maybe that maybe it's just a me thing with the combat versus other people so I I don't want to condemn it but I I just think I need more practice. I guess that's the best way to say it. Whereas I do like the crafting aspects of it. There's a lot of little things about it that I, I, I truly do enjoy. It's just when I get into these combat situations, I'm just not having the best time. And that just may be me fighting with the controls a little bit. And I just need to get better at it. Janet Garcia, how do you like Horizon Call of the Mountain? Um, I'm kind of similar to Paris in the sense that like, I like it. I don't love it. Um, it's so it is so frustrating. What another like another day in the life of a Horizon stand. You know, I love the franchise a lot. Uh, again, I talk about it all the time. It's like the most critically acclaimed franchise that no one gives a fuck about. Like so many people are like, oh, I don't know. It just doesn't quite do it. And this game is the epitome of that, which like is why that it it's just so frustrating for that reason. Despite the fact that much like Paris, I definitely think this is a must-have game if you're getting PSVR 2. I think it has a lot of fun elements. My number one beef with this game is, while I actually do, I enjoy the climbing fine. I really like the combat a lot. Again, the walking point A to point B is a little meh because it just doesn't quite hit that well in mm -hmm. VR. Mm -hmm. um, all that being said, the problem with Call of the Mountain is that it feels like a lot of um, oh, good, maybe even in some cases great mechanics, just kind of stitched together. And there's a story laid to make you like to sell it that it's cohesive, but it does not feel like a whole game. It does not feel like a holistic video game experience. It feels like uh, something does like, like it's not like almost like it's not done in a way. Um, and I think that's really what's lacking to me. Like I walk away and I don't I have pieces, but I don't feel like I even have like a whole cohesive thought mm -hmm. in terms of how it's structured. It does feel like and now we're in the climbing section and now we're like in the light puzzle like i walk up and i pick pick up some gears section and now we're in the combat section it's very because it's so sectioned off it's doing a lot and yet it ends up doing nothing for that reason so that's why i'm kind of disappointed by this game because it's not like it needs to be astrobot's rescue mission and it wasn't and maybe that's like you know that's, oh that's, temper expectations but, yeah. or whatever mm -hmm. but like 
I'm sorry. You're for, you're the first party game coming out. Like you, you had to hit and it didn't quite hit that hard. Um, that being said, you know, I have more things to say about the, the details of the combat and what I liked about it or whatever, but you know, bless, I want to hear from you, you know, the lead reviewer, what is your takeaway from horizon call of the mountain? Yeah, it's it's funny. The first day we got PSVR and like I checked out Call of the Mountain for a second. I think I walked to Greg and I was like, "Dude, I wish I wish there was an Astrobot on this thing. Like, I really need an Astrobot on this thing." And yeah, like you said, Horizon Call of the Mountain isn't the Astrobot of this. And you know, like, so for me, I'm giving it a three out of five. Uh, I think it is a okay to good game, right? I think it's in that range. And I'll even go as far as to say that yeah. I think it's a good VR game, but an okay video game. Right. Where when you talk about the VR elements, it is a full fledged game. It has a, you know, it's like it runs you about seven hours long. Right. It's a pretty it's a pretty sizable game it has a it has a story there. It has uh, varied game mechanics there. It has uh, a little bit of exploration there. Right. But I, I think at the end of the day, as a pure video game, my video game experience, by the time I got to the end of it, I felt like I had been way past done. Right. Like, I don't think the game needed mm. to be that long for the mechanics that were yeah. there. If it is a game where you were doing, I want to say, like 70% climbing in this game. And to their <laughs> credit, over the six, seven hours in the game, they do add tools to try and give the climbing a bit more variance and make it more interesting. You get a cool, like, um, I guess these, these tools don't really have names because they made up the tools, but like, you have like a thing that you stab into a thing and then you throw it. Um, a pickaxe? Uh, the pickaxe. You have like pick you have the pickaxe. Yeah. You have grappling yeah, the pick, hook. A pickaxe is real blessing. No, no, I'm, talk, I'm talking about the grappling hook. I'm talking about the grappling hook. Uh, right. Which okay. It's also a real thing. <laughs> but yeah. you have different yeah. like forms of grappling hooks, right? You have one that you'll you'll stab into a thing and then throw it to the next hook. You have a grappling hook oh, that you'll okay. straight up just like throw upwards and then it'll t- attach to the thing and fall down. So you have different varied grappling hooks, and then yeah, you have the pickaxe, uh, and I, that adds in different forms of climbing. But man, after three four hours i was i i was done with the climbing gameplay like i don't think it needed to last that long the the combat i actually thought the combat was pretty fun especially toward um the middle where you start to get more um um like different types of ammo and different types of yeah. uh, enemies to fight yeah. when they throw in like two to three enemies to fight at a time and it gets a bit chaotic i think it is fun in the sense of ah shit like you are you feel like you are you feel like Aloy in the game, right? Like you feel like you are an actual <laughs> archer and you're pulling that shit back and you're dodging and going back and forth. But there are moments where it does feel like it is fighting uh, against you. And this comes back to me playing at home and yeah. maybe maybe the lighting just not being bright enough, even though for my home, I feel like my home lighting is pretty bright. But the tracking would lose me in times where I'm like, just pull back the freaking arrow and I see my hand floating away. And I'm like, no, like get the arrow in there and shoot it off. Um, moments like that, uh, that took me out of the combat a, 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 a little bit. But Paris, you had something to say? Well, well, well yeah, because that, that was kind of the thing for me in that it wasn't that I was losing tracking. It was the, the dodging aspects of it. Mm. I, I would find myself in the moment like, okay, I need to dodge. Oh, crap. Do I have the right buttons in place? And then, no, oh, I'm getting hit and all that. And like I said, I'm, I'm getting better at it. But when it flowed, when when I did have a groove in it, it, it felt good. It felt satisfying, take, you know, taking down some of the machines in that aspect. But I just wish it was just a, a little bit more precise. I, I, guess, I guess that's kind of my complaint coming coming out of it. But like you're saying, there's a lot of climbing. There's a this. lot and of climbing. Janet, and I think, Janet, you you hit the nail on the head. This, this is an Astro. Like when we got Astro with the PlayStation 5, I felt like that perfectly – demoed what the dual sense could do whereas this isn't that 
Astro's carrying all the hardware. PS5, PSVR one. Like that's the thing is Astrobot Rescue Mission sold me on the on PSVR one. When I played that, I was like, oh, this is magic. Like this is a video game right here. And that is like a system sell. And and again, not every game is going to be a system seller. And I, it's not that I would only love Call of the Mountain if it was quite at that pinnacle. But the reason I use as an example is because especially when it comes to our earlier conversation of what differentiates it well i mean it just costs more like right that's not that's not good <laughs> but like we need it to be the first party games so it's like you can't just be like all right like i need you to be so like call the like call the mountain and other you know future first party vr titles like they need to be so good that i can bring people over with that like no man you got to play this like if you're going to pay oh you got to get it for call of mountain you know it has to be like that um one, I do wanna, one like, thing talk- I well, one thing I want to I want to come back to combat sure, sure. a little bit because I want to comment yeah, on uh, you know Paris's thing about the you know it not feeling right in moments. One of the things I'll throw out there that that um I didn't love as much about the combat is that I think whenever a combat section did come up, it felt on rails to a sen- uh, in a sense it is because on rails, they literally yes. put you mm-hmm. on a rail, yeah. right? Like yes. mm-hmm. it is yes. you basically um, strafing in a circle to dodge around yeah. the monsters that you're fighting, and they do that I, I think to add a bit more like agility to the to the fight right you feel a little bit more more agile um but at the same time i think for me it highlighted the fact that i was on a rail and yeah like strafing back and forth and then kind of you know spamming the same arrows after a while again that i think got old and did overstay its welcome um a, a little bit as well but you know to the to some of the other elements of the game i think the game looks gorgeous the game looks fantastic i some of the vistas especially the art design and the visual design of it oh man like I oh, get so why good. they put mountain yeah. in the title. Like when you're climbing and you yeah. get high up and you look down or when you're like toward the ground and you look up at, at the mountain, it's like, dude, this is, it, this is visually stunning. And I do think that the power of the PSVR two, the fidelity of it really does highlight the amazing design from a uh, fire sprite. I think they did, they did a great job with that. The story fine. I think it's also forgettable. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it feels in service of getting you to the next thing. Right. As opposed to, actually being interesting and engaging i am not going to remember this story as a horizon story um which is a bummer because for me i've associated horizon up until now as a franchise and game that i am getting a dope story out of and you know in this one you're you're playing as the main character you get broken out of prison um or i guess ushered out of prison <laughs> and you are looking yeah. for your brother right you don't get broken out of prison because yeah. that implies you weren't supposed to get out but you know, you're climbing, um, you know, you're, I, I won't give you the whole story, right? But essentially you're looking for your brother. Um, and that's the, 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 the uh, what drives the story forward. And, you know, I just didn't get enough interesting tidbits about like who the characters are, like the interactions between uh, different characters didn't strike me as interesting or worthwhile. Like nothing about it got me fully interested in the story. Um, and that's another part that, that, that bummed me out as well. But you know, I think at the end of the day, when I think about the positive things that are the takeaways for me for Horizon Call of the Mountain, it is how good it looks. It is the fact that they were able to make a, a VR game that is running you seven hours long, right? Like, if for people that are Horizon stands and really want to check this out, you're going to get your money's worth in terms of playtime. Um, but I do think that there could be some um, improvements just in terms of the game mechanics th- the, themselves. For me, they, uh, they got old by the time I got to the end of the game, unfortunately yeah i think for combat like God, there's so much to unpack there's like a lot they do with it which i do want to compliment again i don't want people's takeaway to be like oh i think this game sucks or something like it is good it just feels like a meal where all the stuff wasn't mixed together so it's like why am i eating cucumbers directly on the side of rice and then going back to eat the rice like why is this not all mixed you know why is the meat not mixed in and that's kind of my overall beef with it 
and the fact that I think the best part or the most unique aspect is the combat and it is a lot of like long climbing section which if you like climbing in VR you're like this but if you don't like climbing in VR I have bad news for you you're gonna climb a lot in this VR yeah, game this is a climb um, this is a, and to be fair as a climbing game like, this is a great climbing game <laughs> yeah this is like yes. this is climb of the mountain and I like climbing like I did that in like there was like a National Geographic game or something where I was I was climbing it up I was taking pictures of penguins and shit you know like I can climb I'm down for the climb but it was a lot and because i loved the combat the most like it did feel like i was just waiting for that next combat sequence where i'm like oh thank god some fucking food and then i go back and i climb more um that being said the combat's dope as hell like it just take a little bit to like learn get used to okay how do i take out my bow and then okay i got my arrows and all that but there's so many cool things with like how you craft the arrows and like you pick up your yeah, items like and that. you physically craft the arrow like you turn the bow to the side and then yeah. you select craft and you put on like the feather and the end piece and like there's other really cool details that like fans will appreciate stuff like when you kill well like i don't know like light spoilers like when you kill like the first watcher i was like as soon as i was playing I'm, like i was looking for what are those horizon things they're going to have in there and one is like taking machine parts and while i don't quite do it the same way they do it in the main game where it's like oh i'm getting all these machine parts to like make things you can like pick out the eye by hand and like pull it yeah. out of the head like that that shit is cool as hell mm -hmm. like it is very much fulfilling a bit of that fantasy of being in that world of being a you know a hunter a person you know like again you're not aloy but like playing that role of that we're used to aloy playing um and stuff like them having a little bit of the slowdown but instead of it just being the slowdown it's like scanning the machine it's kind of like one button but it does also freeze time a bit so that gives you time to like aim a little bit you have the different elemental arrows you can do that they have some fun stuff too with um i just fought some what do they call those frosty birds of glint hawks yeah um in the glint hawk battle when they do like freeze damage to you it like freezes the front of your face so you have to like wipe off the visor which is a little kitschy i'll give you but i will say like the heights of horizon call of the mountain play like your favorite modern arcade vr machine yeah. like think of like having a, a dope moment in arcade whether it's like house of the dead or just any of those like kind of co-op exciting experiences again this isn't co-op but just kind of give you that example of the vibes where you're in it and again those are yeah, also like you're talking about like time crisis games. or house of the dead like yes. where you're at you're into it yeah and it's like sure it is kind of on rails because like the combat is like you're strafing left to right but i think that's because you would throw up if you had to like run around in circles and spin and you know roll I, I know why they did it that way and i appreciate that they did it that way because it allows for the dodge elements the aiming the elemental stuff gives you a little time to swap out things like i really just love attacking machines in that franchise and i think this is fun as hell when you're attacking machines but one because you're not doing that that often and two because like i keep saying it does feel like pieces that don't quite fully come together in a super cohesive way that's really what i end up digging it for but the combat is super super cool like if you like shooting a freaking bow like a bow and arrow you're gonna like love that element of this game because like it does it very well and it's just i don't know it's very immersive and super fun Janet, to me, speaking um, of that i want to i want to bring in a question from kurt burns who writes in and says i have a two-part question regarding horizon call of the mountain one can you shoot components off of the robots in this game and two yes. if so does the precision of psvr2 make it easier and more satisfying than it the than it was with the dual shock slash dual sense controllers i huh, i don't know if it's more satisfying because i feel like you inherently have more control when you have a traditional controller in that traditional game setup. Like the mechanics of Horizon mainline are deeper than the mechanics you get in the VR game. And again, that's not a, 
a bad thing necessarily. You could not have all those mechanics because it would just be overwhelming and kind of suck. So like, I know why they it's stripped down. Um, I think it's pretty competitive though, because I do feel like a pride to getting those machine parts off in both of them. And like, I don't know, maybe I'll look back at my gameplay footage and be like, this isn't actually that good. But I swear to God, like I was doing some shit in that VR game where I'm like, am I a pro gamer? Like I'm, I'm fucking <laughs> kicking ass in this game. And I, and genuine, genuinely, even though Horizon's not like a hard game, I feel like Horizon, like I'm really good at that game. I know the language of the world. I know all this stuff. Like, I don't even, yeah, I know what the damage is. Like I know all of that shit already. So like, it is still fun to do that stuff. Like I, the only thing I'm kind of, there are some aspects I wish they did a little bit more of in terms of satisfaction, like a little bit more baked in stealth moments. I think the fact that you can shoot a watcher straight in the eye and the watcher doesn't die, I get it's because they want to like get more juice out of those gameplay sequences. Yeah. But as someone that's played the franchise, I'm like, I feel like I want to be re more rewarded for my precision. And I do feel like other than taking out machine parts, like blowing up the back of like, um, I think it's like a scrapper or something like a few things that work in the mainline world don't quite work the same here like the watcher eye example and that part's a little bit of a bummer but everything else like it hits and you hear the person mention like oh it's stunned or he's frozen or like whatever yeah. and you know you're like doing the stuff but yeah uh i want to bring in this question from giordano that i believe is probably a question for janet uh does horizon call of the mountain have a platinum and yes. is it reasonable slash fun to obtain janet did you check oh, out the trophy man. list man i did check out that trophy list uh, I don't know if it's going to be fun to maintain and bless, you know, you, you said you did beat this game yes. completely, right? Yep. Okay. What's the, is there like a chapter select or like an area? So it's easier to like rerun mission because yeah. a few of those trophies. Okay. In the hub area, there's a whole mission select thing. Okay. Cause there is one trophy that's like, get, it does seem like it'll be kind of a bitch without a guide because one of them is like your main, I don't know if I call it a collectible, but you know, you're hitting like these targets off in the background. Like, oh, I destroyed right. whatever. Yeah. And one of the trophies is like, get all of them in a mission, like in one go. And I'm like, the thought of redoing this, but without a guide, like with, maybe with a guide, it won't be too bad. But I do think it's, and I get it because it's a short game, but it's just like the thought of having to hit all of those pieces. I get why it's there, but like, I don't want to have to rerun a mission to do that. I wish it was a little bit more seamless. Like, because you know the like main, the mainline games don't have that kind of restriction, so I do think aspects of the trophy list are a little bit limiting. But there is a platinum. The rest of the stuff seems pretty simple, so I think there'll only be maybe you know one or two kind of lightly annoying trophies. I think the rest will feel pretty achievable. Um, and I think the one that's I don't know if it'll be the most fun because it is inherently repetitive. But there's a training grounds area where it's like target practice, um, and doing that's like a fun way to like get good with the bow and like one of the trophies i think is to get like the high score there so like i'm chipping away at that over time so it's so so i will say like i'm not which is a kind of like the damning part of this game i love this franchise but i'm not like i feel like i'll be getting this platinum like for the culture a lot more than for the fun and like right. horizon one and two i genuinely was like i love this game i'm fucking eating it up i'll play whatever you know i did shit in forbidden west that i didn't even need to do i'm like this is just for me because like i want to get all of this or when i upgrade my armor i want to be actually like really good armor so i'm not going to do the green one i'm going to do like my fucking get you know fight apex snakes and get like the heart out of them and stuff like i was going in this game does not make me want to go in at that level and i think that's the only part that feel kind of like meh as far as getting the platinum so we're winding down on time and i want to at least talk a little bit about some of the other games that we've gotten to play in psvr2 um and of course you know the P psvr2 comes out uh in what about a week or so i want to say next week uh and so i'm sure we'll talk a lot about psvr2 next week as well um but i do want to talk a little bit about games paris give me 
one or two games that you really enjoyed in PSVR 2 over the last week? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give you one because this this is the one that I was saying, this is where it clicked for me. This is this is my favorite VR game. It was Tentacular. Um, I, I, I just, I, I love the concept of it. The art style, like I felt I was in Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. I, <laughs> I, I think that's the best way. Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood at sea. That's literally what it is. But I thought the way that it, use the sense controllers basically the the physics because you know there's there's different type of 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 puzzles and and you, you got to kind of stack things together and build things there's a lot of different things that you can do in the game and i'm like okay this makes sense in vr i felt like i was truly in control of what i was doing plus i love the story that this game has as well and that goes back to my point of you can tell this is something that was built for the from the ground up for vr and it totally works. Um, like I said, I instantly fell in love with this, had a great time playing. I mean, it's not the longest game in the world, but it's a lot of fun. If you sit down and you get you sit down and start playing it, get into that Mr. Rogers-esque world, I guess you can say. I love the language that they had. I just love everything about it. It was a fantastic game. So absolutely, that that was my favorite thing of, of all the different games that I got to play so far in VR. Jenny, do you get to check out Tentacular? Yeah, um, you know, in case you you miss it, the premise of this one, it's like you're a what, an octopus. Uh, you, mm-hmm. you have tentacles. I, the right? game okay, starts so. off and it's like you're, you're like, looking at these little humans, and they're like, oh, yeah. we, we got to tell you, you're adopted." <laughs> and like, yeah, 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 as a character, yeah. you have tentacle arms. It's, it's actually really funny. It has a good sense of humor. No, genuinely, and I think so many VR games nail humor in such a cool way. Um, I like this one a lot too. Like when I, you know, again, my my VR experience was very like intense and very like quick hit. So. My first two games were, you know, Horizon and uh, Star Wars, and I think maybe a little bit of Moss. Um, and then I jumped in on, like, the next day that I played, I did Tentacular and What the Bat. And even though, like, in some ways, you know, there's less going on in games like Tentacular and What the Bat, those are my some of my favorite VR experiences. And I, I'm right there with you, Paris. Like, my number one's What the Bat, but, like, Tentacular, I was really enjoying it. I had a lot of fun. It's comfortable. It's simple. Um, it's essentially a bunch of different, like, fun little physics like puzzles or kind of mini games almost in terms of how the mechanics feel um but the idea is again stitched together well in like a cohesive way of oh you have like these little jobs in town and you're like going you know when you have your like home base it like makes sense narratively as well and like they have like some cool little extras of oh as you play you like unlock more items for like this little area that's just yours and you can kind of mess around there so i feel like i did such a good job taking advantage of what that baseline mechanic is of like moving around, like experimenting with how you can hold and flip objects, having little stuff like um, an easy way to like reset the level or to like swap to yeah. the city if you need to. Um, I will say this is an example of a game and a lot of games have this. VR is obsessed with like, we can't just do a regular UI. Like we have to, like their settings are like inside a different, I'm like, okay, I, I don't need to be immersed when I'm in a setting section. I think this could have been a screen, but I appreciate <laughs> the commitment. Um, but yeah, Tentacular was a was a bunch of fun. So I'm, I'm really enjoying my time with it and plan to see that one through for sure. Hell yeah. Um, for me, I started off, uh, I, I took VR home. I, I um, did the thing where I looked at the, or I, I tried different games and they were like, hey, you need 6.7 feet by 6.7 feet. And I was like, ah, shit. And I booted up this game called Demio that uh, had appeared before in the PlayStation State of Plays. And it's like this cool tabletop um, board game where you have different characters and character archetypes you can, you can pick. And you are playing against this dungeon master and, you know, you're 
playing on space you're playing on a board and you can like you know move a certain set of spaces depending on what your abilities are and what your character is and then you're fighting in like this fun little tabletop game um that takes place in like a bedroom right but you can zoom in and really get close and feel like you're actually in this oh, yeah, uh, tabletop this. dungeon i this game was really neat uh i didn't get to play a lot of it i played maybe about an hour of it and i was pretty impressed by one how good the game looked when you're looking around in this room and it's like wow i feel like i am playing this interesting tabletop game where the characters have like voices and they pick they, they like you know they actually attack each other on the board um it felt very neat i thought it was a, I, I thought this game was a really cool uh, idea and for the hour i played of it i thought it was a, a pretty fun time uh so i played that and then you know, I went through some games that I I'd play kayak VR. It was interesting. It was it was cool, right? I got motion sick and I'm not going back since. Kayaking then. is also hard, and Ka- I will say yes. that, that game's hard to play because since you don't have any doofy peripherals for this console yet, I don't know if we ever will. It's hard because you like would need to be holding a stick that's like horizontal and stationary, but you have your two loose yep. hands. So I just found it like I will yeah, say kayak VR. <laughs> if you're looking for kayak sim, this could be cool. I think if for you're sure. a casual player. It's it's too hard for me. So I, I also found it, for it very too casual. I, I found it very difficult as well. I appreciated the tutorial. That is that the mechanics there. The mechanics are there, right? Where it is. Yes. Hey, yes. You want to turn left or maybe right you had to like you had to um this is uh, why i mean bless could not like do anything <laughs> yeah this is why VR. i suck at, at kayak vr but you want to roll on one side to go one way and then roll on the different side to go the other way but then you can also drift by holding your uh your um uh what do they call it your thing the paddle uh in the water like stick it in there and then you'll drift that direction the mechanics mm. felt really cool and kind of realistic um but yeah the game's pretty hard but if you're into kayaking or if you want to challenge um kayak vr seemed pretty cool and then um Man, I played so Res Infinite, right, is an older game. I actually never got around to Res Infinite. I am such a Tetris Effect connected fan, which if you if you remember Tetris Effect uh, and Res Infinite come from the same studio, that's enhanced. And you know, I played a bit of Tetris Effect connected, fucking loved it because it's Tetris Effect. Uh, and then I moved on to Res Infinite and played a, a bit of it for the first time. And Res Infinite is dope as hell. Like, oh my goodness, did I have a good time in this game? It is a uh, for, uh, it's an on-rails uh, shooter that takes place in like this weird um, digital space that is very abstract that feels like a mixture between like the internet, like early internet meets space. Mm-hmm. And stylistically, it is so different and so <clears throat> weird. And so it feels old school. I know Res originally is more of a, of a cl- classic game now, but the VR version keeps that same energy where it, it feels old school, um, but also feels just like you're in this weird different world at the same time and then the soundtrack like goddamn does the soundtrack hit and if you play tetris yeah, effect really good. you already know but like yeah and if you played res of course you already you already know but man did i have a good time playing through this game listening to the music and not wanting to put it down for about like the hour, hour and a half that, that I, I played it for like i'm a bit past halfway through i think because it's like there's uh five areas they can play through in their original campaign and then i know there's area zero i believe is what it's, it's called um but yeah had such a good time uh playing res infinite as well and paris it sounds like you checked it out as well too yeah actually right before we started recording i i jumped in and played played a couple levels but yeah like you said the the soundtrack on it's really good the music's great and i i, I call it and i know i'm old so but there was a movie in the 90s called lawnmower man it's lawnmower man the game that's what it is <laughs> love it well, ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the end of this episode of P.S. I Love You XOXO. Of course, we have way more questions to answer. I'm kind of bummed out that we don't have enough time to answer more of these questions, but we'll be back next can, week. Paris, what's up? Well, can, I ask, really can, can I ask one, just one before we get out of here super yeah, quick? Again, this, this being my first experience with VR, 
all I've ever heard over the past few years is Half-Life Alex is the game to play. That's that's the game. That's the one for VR. It's fantastic. So I'm shocked that it's not here at launch, number one. But number two, do you think like when we talk about Horizon, is it is that a dis- is that a disappointment that there's not a Half-Life Alex type of experience at launch for VR2 from your perspective? For me, yes. And that is all that that comes with the fact that it's not backwards compatible. And so it's not even like I could go back and play um Astrobot Rescue Mission. Even the fact that Beat Saber's not here at lunch. I know I know Beat Saber is coming through later, and so I'm not gonna hold that against them too much. But right now at launch, yeah, I don't have that experience. I'm not even I've not gotten to try out Gran Turismo. I was actually really excited to try out Gran Turismo. Yeah. Maybe Gran Turismo yeah. ends up being a form of that to me, but I, Gran Turismo is also a game that isn't exclusively VR, right? Like, that is a game that I can play uh, outside, of, outside of VR. I do wish that there was either a Half-Life Alex or a new Astrobot or something that is a, yo, VR is dope as fuck. Like, there's not that game on the platform for me right now. I don't know what you think, Janet. Yeah, I'm kind of the same. Like, And there's, there's, just, there's also just not enough new. So it's like, we don't have enough old ones and we don't have enough new ones. We don't have enough of anything. And that's why I land on that three out of five for it. Like, it just doesn't... Y- it's not there yet and the whole like 30 games like launch window thing too it kind of feels like oh like happy birthday i got your stuff oh also like i ordered you this other thing and it'll be here later and it's like i guess that's fine because like you still gave it to me but it's like it's kind of shitty that i can't open it now because like this is the day that we're doing it like this was the time to have this ready to go and obviously i'm sure there are many like hurdles and challenges and like in general with any platform console whatever the launch is always going to be kind of thin like there aren't ever that many games for anything like that at launch in that way and that's also like why it's another l that doesn't have the backwards compatibility or doesn't have like more stuff baked in there but that's also why like you know we talk about console launches all the time and if you have like even just one like banger game like that's kind of enough because it's like okay well we're just getting started with this being our getting started point it doesn't have the momentum that it needs to have to carry me through to that next when those 30 games trickle in and that beyond point in an exciting way again we're here now i'm down for it i'll be here i don't have time to talk about it but what the bat fucking hits hard as hell that thing is fire i beat that game and that game was amazing all throughout totally utilized the platform so well i'm obsessed with it what the bat is so freaking good but again also still not new so it's like if even if that was just new like it would be a better day for psvr2 but you know more games to come it'll really just depend on what that you know first party support looks like in the long term uh also again we're running short on time but the charging station looks dope as hell and also i feel like you kind of need it because that way you can charge them both at once but it looks very yeah. like my brother saw it and was like this is very like 2000s what we thought the future looked like that's the this is and it's that feel it. become human future that playstation yes. won so badly <laughs> Mm-hmm. Making it happen. But yeah, Par- I mean, Paris, for you, as somebody who's brand new to, 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 to VR, I do think that you're in a probably a better and more exciting place than me and Janet, right? Because yes. you you do have, like, these games that we've talked about here, right? The Res Infinite of the World, Tentacular, games like that. But then also, you know, Moss 1 and uh, 2 are out on, are, are coming to PSVR 2. Or, yeah, PSVR 2. And so, like, I've heard such good things about Moss. I personally haven't gotten the chance to check out Moss yet. Um, but that's one that I'm sure, if you check it out, or once you check it out, I'm sure you'll you'll probably like a lot. Yeah. Um, and then you have games here and there. Pistol Whip, I think, is a really cool game, right? And, like, these games I'm listing, I don't know if any of them are Half-Life Alex. Like, they're not. But yeah. there's still, I think for you, there's probably enough good experiences there for you to get a lot of juice out of it and a lot of enjoyment out of it. Out of it. 
Yeah, and that's kind of been my approach. I just feel like it's all brand new to me. So I'm I'm in explore mode. Like, let's see what's out there. What game is going to grab me like Tentacular as an example. But I do eventually want to see that Half-Life Alex type of experience where you're playing just a full-on AAA game through VR and how, how that's going to work. So like I said, I, I am excited for the future of what VR2 is, is going to provide, but I get what you and Janet are saying because you already have experience in this space. So you were, you were wanting a little more at launch and it just simply wasn't there. Well, we're going to talk more about PS uh, VR two as the weeks go on. But for now, remember that this has been PS. I love you. XOXO your weekly PlayStation podcast that you can watch live on patreoncom slash kind of funny or later on podcast services around the globe. Paris, thank you again uh, for joining us, Janet. Thanks for coming back for another week. I'm glad you haven't just peaced out and disappeared. Yeah, I'm here. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.